Welcome to another episode of the playthrough. Uh, today we're going to be talking about Root, a new game from Letter Games. Uh, as you can see behind me, we've got both the base game box and the expansion box. Uh, for those of you who haven't played the expansion or don't have the expansion, we're going to be talking about the base game in this video, and then we're going to be doing a separate video that goes over how to play with the expansion. So if you want to check that video out, you can go ahead and click the link above, or you can head on over to theplaythrough.net. And as always, for those of you who are listening via audio, head on over to theplaythrough.net to check out the videos that correspond to this particular episode. Uh, and if you already know how to play the game, you can go ahead and click the link to take you to our discussion of the video where we kind of give you our, our ideas and what we thought of the game. So Root is a very complicated game at first glance. Uh, so it, this is gonna be a little bit longer video uh, but it's important to understand how the game works and how the different factions work in order to play. And the reason why it can be complicated is because this is an asymmetrical game. Now what that means is that every single player has a different way to get points, a different way to fight each other, and a different way to basically win the game. Uh, uh, the way that you win the game is the first person to get to 30 points, but the way that you get to 30 points is very different for every person. So what we're going to do is we're going to go over just the basics of the game and kind of the rules that apply to all of the players, and then we'll go over each of the different factions individually. So let's first talk about the board. If you look at the board here, you see that there's these different areas and with these little paths connecting them. These areas are called clearings, and they're uh, denoted by the symbols next to them and the colors. So the red ones are fox clearings, the orange ones are mouse clearings, and the yellow ones are rabbit clearings. Uh, so they're sort of like areas. So some of the factions, they use like an area control mechanic in order to get points. And so that's why those are important. Another thing that we need to talk about too is the cards. Each faction uses these cards in the game. And as you can see, there's different cards that correspond to the different clearings on the board. And then there's a fourth kind of card and they're the blue bird cards. These are wilds for pretty much every faction in the game. So they can be used as either red, orange, or yellow. Uh, and if you see here on the cards also at the bottom, sometimes they have these little symbols here with the wood behind them. This means that this, these cards can be crafted for special bonuses. Now, crafting is different, again, for all the different factions, but crafting is something that all the different factions can do. And it's very important uh, that, you, that we talk about this now a little bit, just so you know that when I talk about crafting later on, uh, you kind of understand what that means. So for instance, let's, let's look at one. So this particular crafting symbol, uh, it requires one fox in order to craft. What it does is you craft this hammer, which is out here, and it gives you two points, and then you discard the card. And there's lots of different abilities that you can craft, and we're not going to go over them all right now, but just know that crafting is very important in the game. Uh, and finally, we'll talk about movement and battle because those are pretty general throughout all the different factions. So moving, if you are able to move, what you can do is you can move any number of units that you have, any number of warriors, from one clearing to another clearing that's connected to it by a path. Uh, it's important to know that the rivers are not uh, paths for most of the factions. So if I had a movement action, for example, with the birds, I could move them here or here or here and I could move as many of them in that clearing as I want to. So let's say I move them here, and now we can talk a little bit about battle. 
So if I'm the birds and I'm attacking there, what you do is you take these two dice and you roll them, and then you take the higher number and you apply it to the attacker, and the lower number is applied to the defender. So if I roll a three and a two, then the three will apply to the birds. So I have enough to take out one cat, and then they would the cats would also take out a bird. And we can talk a little bit later about how exactly battle works, um, but just know that the attacker gets the higher number, the defender gets the lower number. All right, so that's kind of the basics of the game. Let's go into each of the factions individually. And we'll go, we'll go in this order. First, we'll talk about the cats, then we'll talk about the birds, then the Woodland Alliance, and lastly, we'll talk about the Vagabond because he's just a weirdo and no, nobody really knows what's going on with him. So we'll save him for last. All right, so the cats, so let's... I'm going to talk a little bit about the story behind Root because it kind of helps you understand the mechanics. So the story of Root is that the birds, the Erie dynasty, used to control the forest and they got all fat and lazy and in a moment of weakness the cats came in and they took out all the birds and kicked them out of the forest. And so that's where the game kind of picks up. So you have the cats, if you can see here on the board, they hold most of the clearings. And and they're trying to build up their new kingdom that they just took from the birds. So when you play with the cats, what you're doing is you're essentially building a civilization. Uh, and so if you see here on the cat's board, there's three different buildings that the cats can build. You have uh, sawmills, workshops, and then recruiters. And every time you build a building with the cats, you're going to get victory points that'll help you get up to the 30 victory point threshold that you need. Uh, so one other thing that applies to all the races that I forgot earlier is each one of them goes through three different phases on their turn. First is the bird song, then the daylight phase, and finally the evening phase. And every time, it doesn't matter who you're playing, you have to go through those in order. So what the cats do is during their bird song, you take one of these wood tokens and you put it on each of the sawmills. And the reason for that is that later on, during the daylight phase, you will use those wood tokens in order to build more buildings. Uh, so the, when you go to the daylight phase, the first thing you can do is you can craft and you use your workshop buildings to craft. Then you can take up to three of these other actions and then you can spend bird cards, like I showed you earlier, in order to take extra actions off of this list. So the cards that the cat, the actions that the cats can take is they can battle, they can march, which means they get to take two movements, they can recruit, and that's placing warriors down where the recruiter buildings are. They can build new buildings if they control a clearing and there's an open space, such as in this clearing, they can build a building there. Or they can overwork, which allows them to put more wood out on their sawmills. And then finally, during the evening phase, they draw cards depending on, and it changes depending on how many buildings they've got built and what buildings they have built. So that's the cats. The whole purpose of them, their whole purpose is to build buildings and take over clearings so that they can get more points. Because the more buildings they build, the faster they get points. <clears throat> so let's jump over here to the birds, the Erie Dynasty. Now, they're so different from the way that the cats play. So first, let's talk about their board a little bit. If you see here, these are their roosts. These are, this is the only building that the, that the birds can build. And if you see up here, there's something called the Decree. So the birds are a programming race. Now, if you don't know what programming is, essentially what it is is you put cards down and then you have to resolve them 
in that order. And you have to resolve them perfectly or else sometimes bad things can happen. So what the, bir what the birds do is during the bird song, if you ha don't have any cards in your hand, you draw one. Then you can add one or two cards to your decree. So let's look at these cards that I showed you earlier. So let's say I put one here, a bunny card in the recruit fit in the recruit box. Now what this now every turn the birds have to put at least one card down. And they can put up to two, but they have to put at least one down. So if this were my decree and I were the birds, what I would first do is I would recruit a a bird into a rabbit clearing. Now you see here this clearing here is yellow, which matches the card, so I would put one down there. Next I would move, so again I could move any number of guys from that clearing to another clearing, and then I have one here in battle. Now because these are bird cards, they're wilds, so remember that. And then I would do battle here, and we would resolve that and see who won. If at any point during my turn I can't complete everything, so if, for instance, I had a fox card here instead, I'd have to do it in order. I can't recruit in a fox clearing, so that means that my whole order gets wiped out. I get a new leader card, don't worry about that too much right now, but there's different leaders for the birds and they do different things. And then I kind of have to start all over from scratch. I don't lose all my points, but it can hurt the birds if they end up not being able to complete their decree. So we'll come down here, so that's the bird song. And then finally, the daylight phase, you can craft, and you can craft using areas where you have roosts. And then, uh, and then you resolve the decree. So during the bird song, you place the cards, then you can craft, and then you can resolve the decree. And finally, you go to the evening where you score victory points depending on how many roosts you have out. And that's how the birds get points. They spread, and they build roosts, and then they score points for how many they have out. <clears throat> All right, let's go over to the Woodland Alliance. So with the cats and the birds, they're kind of these two big uh, dynasties that are fighting over the forest. What the Woodland Alliance is, is they're kind of like freedom fighters who hate both sides. And so they have their own unique uh, ways of getting points, and they're kind of a fun little theme that you add into the game. So let's go over their uh, birdsong daylight and evening right now. So first what they do is they have these little tokens on their board which are called revolt tokens. Now what these do is they allow the Woodland Alliance to gain sympathy in certain areas. So what you can do is they have these little cards here and you can pick one. So let's say we pick a fox one you can play that and add a sympathy token into a fox clearing, like that. Now what that does is if you have sympathy in a clearing, you can remove that token to take out anything that's in that area, and then you can put a fort down, which matches it. Now the way that the Woodland Alliance scores points is they, uh, they have to get their revolt tokens out, and the more revolt tokens that they get out, the more points they score. Uh, and they also have other, other rules, like they, they get their warriors out, but they can also put them in here as officers, which give them more actions. Uh, they're one of the more complicated races, so we're not going to talk about everything that they do. But let's just go over their, their thing now here. So the bird song, first, what they, you can do is you can revolt, meaning you can take the tokens out of an area that has a sympathy token. You can spread sympathy, which means you can put more sympathy tokens out in areas that are touching yours. Then you go to the daylight phase and you can craft, just like the other 
uh, rate the other factions can. You can mobilize, which adds a card from your hand to your supporter stack. It's important because your supporter stack is kind of the cards you use to put sympathy tokens out. You can train, which is spend a card from your hand to place a warrior in the officer's box. And finally, during the evening phase, you can take military operations, and that's where the officers come into play. However many officers you have in the box, you get to take more of these actions. And the actions are move, recruit, battle, and finally organize, which says remove a warrior and place sympathy in an area. So the more sympathy tokens you get out, the more points they're worth. And every time you put one out, you gain points, and so that's how they get up to 30. Now finally, we'll talk about the Vagabond. He's completely different from all the other factions, and his whole goal is to just become famous. And so he's going out there and he's making friends and trying to become as famous as he possibly can. Uh, so if you see, the Vagabond has very different things on his board. He's got these little items, and if you see on the, play, on the game board, there's all these items up here as well. So what the Vagabond is essentially trying to do is he's trying to accumulate these items because they allow him to take actions. So what we'll do first is we'll go through his phase just like everyone else, but just know that he's a lot more, there's a lot more that he can do with his actions. Oh, and quick point, there's only one faction uh, little meeple in the game, so he does, the Vagabond doesn't actually use units the way that the other ones do. So the first thing he does in the birdsong phase is he can refresh up to three items. So you can exhaust items to take actions. The first thing you can do is flip them back over, basically. Then you can slip, which means he can actually move into the forest areas or into the clearing areas. He's the only one that can go into the forest, and he can do that at the start of his turn. And that allows him to kind of refresh his items without having to, uh, without being in any danger. So if we go to the daylight phase, we'll go over kind of each of the actions he can take and the items that he needs in order to take those actions. So the first is move. So he can move, but not into a forest. He can move from clearing to clearing by exhausting boots. He can battle by exhausting swords, which are these. He can explore, uh, which is diving into these little ruins and finding more items. And he can do that with torches. He can flip over any item in order to aid. This is giving cards to other players. So when you give cards to other players, it bumps you up this relationship track and you get more points if you have good relations with the other, uh, the other factions. You can quest, so he's got his own little unique quests that he can complete, and this can get you either victory points or more cards so that you can do more things. Uh, he can use a crossbow to strike, which means you just take out enemy pieces. He can use hammers to repair or craft his items. So if the Vagabond ever gets attacked, his items can get damaged, and then he has to repair them. And, and that's, that's all, the, all the things that he can do during the daylight phase. So then we go to the evening phase. Now what, the evening, what he does in the evening phase is first, he, uh, it's an evening's rest. So if he's in the forest, he automatically repairs all of his items. If not, then you just skip that one. Next, you draw a card, plus one for every coin stack that you have, so he's got a coin here, so he would draw two cards. Then you have to discard down to five cards, and then finally, you have, to, you have a limit on how many items you can carry as the Vagabond, and it's six, 
Uh, but if you have any of these little bag items, then it increases it by two. And so the Vagabond is very interesting because the way that he gets points can change. He can be friendly with other factions and he can get points by giving cards to them. Or he can be aggressive and he can get points by taking out enemy warriors. And there's a bunch of different types of Vagabond characters. So there's the Vagrant, the Thief, the Tinkerer, the Ranger, and so on. So when the Vagabond player picks, they have to pick one of those and they get different starting items and stuff. And that's essentially the game of Root. That's how you play the base game. Uh, we hope that this helped you out. And again, remember to uh, go ahead and click the box above in order to be taken to our discussion video. Uh, if you want to know how to play with the expansion, stay tuned and we'll show you how. All right, guys, we are here with the KO King. How you doing today, Russ? Good, how are you? The Global Guru, Zach. And of course, Dr. J. Esquire, thank you for doing the extended rules section today. <laughs> Always have. Um, so if you guys haven't seen the rules section, we actually broke it out into two parts. We have the first part that shows you how to play the main game with the, main, with the base characters. And then we also did an additional video that actually talks about the expansion characters that are in the Riverfolk expansion. So check out those videos if you guys are listening to us and going, what are you guys talking about? Right. Um, that will explain it. Um, and this is the game. So this is the playthrough. And we are talking about the game that I swear in our group, more people owned on like release week than we have seen <laughs> in any of our other ones. There were five copies between three of us, weren't there? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and probably I would say one of the most confusing first times we played around because this is the definition of an asymmetric game. So we're talking about Root, a game of woodland might and right. Um, so if you guys didn't hear, asymmetric means that every single character, so every player in this game, uses almost entirely different mechanics. Yeah, to so run into. it's a totally different yeah. game for every character in this game. Yeah, like we talked in the rule, the, the how to play, the way that each faction wins is get to 30 points. But that's the like way, the only common yeah, thing. That's the know? only thing they have in common. Everything else is completely different, and it's just, it can be really overwhelming the first time you play it, yes. and the second time, and the third time. Yeah, so what were your guys' impressions the first time we played this? Because I know, I I didn't know what we were playing when I showed up, because I showed up late. I'm like, okay, let's do this. I guess I'm playing some Trash Panda, but... <laughs> <laughs> I remember the first time we played, I played the uh, Birds, the Dynasty, and... I mean, I won, but I remember thinking at the end, like, I have no idea what I just did. It's like, I didn't know yeah, what my, yeah. what the other players did. And my head, I was like, and at that point, I didn't own it. And I was thinking, oh, it was okay. And then I was able to pick it up and I was like, all right, I'm gonna pick it but, up. But by but by the end of the game, you could kind of know how to play your character. Yeah, right? and, and know your you, character. Yeah, the one yeah, you were you were playing not is some, not everyone. Yeah, the one but, the one yeah. you were playing was the one that you kind of program the steps yeah. as you go through, right? Yeah, and so, I remember being done, and Zach was playing the little mice, and I was like. I have no idea what you did in that entire game. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing for most of the game, but by the end, I got it, and then we played a second time, and I won with them. So. So, so yeah, we've played a bunch of different games a bunch of different times. So your guys' first game, I didn't play in. The first game that I played, we played with the expansion races, 
and I played as the Riverfolk Company, which don't do that on your first time playing the game <laughs> because <laughs> the expansion races, you have to know what everyone else is doing and everyone kind of has to know what you're doing in order to really be effective and so it's really important that you know what all the other factions do before throwing in the. But didn't well, you win with that? The, I didn't the first time we won. No. Well, the second, all the first races, time we played. all the races. If you, if you were interested, on the back tell you their their difficulty, yeah. which is really yeah. important. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, you know? like, I, I would also recommend for the vagabond too. Is that one? I think you could do it the first time, but you have to pay attention, like. To everybody's turn because the way he runs you got to know what everybody else is doing kind of kind of like the river folk except if you don't know what everybody else is doing it's so much harder to plan your moves because that since the crafting items are what set how many things you can do per turn if you're not trying to get those early or if you're not trying to go to the people who are crafting those items you're going to get maybe one or two actions a turn while everybody else gets like five or six. See, and that was another thing that was interesting. The first few times we played the game, we didn't craft like at yeah, all. Yeah, thanks a lot, so guys. He played, <laughs> yeah. Kevin's playing the Vagabond, and he's just like, I can't get any of these items because other players have to craft these items in order for Kevin to be able to yeah, get them. Well, it I wasn't could, just that. It was crafting abilities. Like, you can craft abilities, but I was so focused yeah, on just, we're just trying learning to figure out what we're what doing. It's like, did. whoa, we're not doing that. And but then they, I crafted an ability that allowed it to attack, which he, the lizards have to It's hard for them to attack. Acolytes to attack without, but then when I was able to attack it, and uh, I think it was Birdsong, it was like, totally different so i was crafting really altered the game yeah well it seems like the more you play it the more you kind of expand the strategy so you realize that hey i need to work with this person or i need to make sure i craft items because there's a lot of synergy and it seems like if someone um, maybe doesn't do what they're supposed to be doing it's gonna yeah, make it's someone gonna, else yeah. better um whereas in if if everyone's doing what they're supposed to be doing, it kind of balances yeah, it everything. Balances yeah. out. So and the game that I won as the River Folk, they ugh, can they're actually really good at they can be me. really good at crafting depending on how you play them. And so the more of these trade posts that you build, the more you can craft. And the, what the vagabond can do <laughs> is he can give cards to the other factions in order to get points. And since the river folks are all public, Kevin's like, I'm gonna give i'm gonna give all these cards to jared and he's just gonna end up selling them and so he got a bunch of points and then it was my turn and i was like oh. well i'm gonna craft all these cards you <laughs> gave just me went to town. and i went to town and i got like 12 points it was in one yes, turn yeah. and russ was like yeah if super you had, salty yeah, it was if, great yeah if you have and by the way you guys can watch that live twitch.tv <laughs> oh, right. it is in the clips you we can did guys live play that you, one, you can we? go yeah, see yeah. you can go see the play play through on that for that one but um yeah, if you hadn't done that, the next round I totally would have won. The next Be round everyone yeah. would have won. Like, <laughs> like yeah. it was it was that close of a game where everyone's like, "Oh, I I would not have gotten another turn for sure if I hadn't won that." So, turn. I will say this game you the first time you play it, do yourself a favor and just play it to learn. If you play it to try to win, it's going to be frustrating. Yeah. This, I mean, oh, and yeah. it's not just so the first time. It's it's just a couple times. There's just dude. a lot yeah. to to take in and you know if you're trying the river folk and no one's trading with you well players aren't 
you know, kind of making the game work like it's supposed to work. Yeah. yeah. This is definitely one of those games where you can't make your decision on it after the first playthrough. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, and FYI for you guys, our general policy is when we actually do these videos, we try to get two or three, at least two or three. Yeah. I've, I've, this, how many yeah, times have I you played this already? I actually looked. I've, I've played, played it. Five times. I something. actually looked. I've played it nine times if you include my solo plays, which kind of surprised me because I still I don't play a lot of solo games. So uh, this is a great game solo. And I will say that if you play solo, I know a lot of people talk about how difficult it is. It's a completely different game. So you can't have the same strategy, at least if you play with like the Lizard Colt um, against the the marquee cat because no one's going to come out and take out your gardens like they do in the in a yeah if right. you're playing your, players your, your opponent's moves are more mechanical right right you know, so you just you have to approach it with a whole different strategy which is a lot of fun and like i said it's a it's a pretty quick what would you say is your setup. optimal players solo two three four i i I really enjoyed it, like five and six. I, six do. Is I, totally I mean, do. there's a lot going although, on. But. Although I noticed, so I was the cats when you played when we played six, and I'm pretty sure the rules said that they're not recommended for a, a big game like that. And yeah. I could tell. I, I, I felt like I was at a d- disadvantage because your advantage you're already is everywhere. That you're already yeah. everywhere, but with so many people, you get wiped out, and it's really hard to recover. So I was a bit behind. It, and it was still fun, but. I think there's a reason why they've recommended well, that it's well, not quite as balanced. Yeah, and, and I want to play it cooperative. You can actually play co-op too, teams type of thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, yeah. so co-op we, like solo, working together but with right like yeah. two or three people against the mechanical cat. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, so yeah. you know, before we kind of go in, so with, with the co-op and the solo play, we didn't really kind of cover on the how to play to do that. Um, can you explain a little bit, Russ, how uh, it, it works in really, terms of that? You set the cats up like you would normally, and the the basics of the game is, is you flip and then uh, it, what card you flip over will dictate where you put new cats. If cats have more than three, then they spread and anywhere that there is a cat and your character that they will automatically battle. So it's Sounds more like of a pandemic. Yeah. Outbreaks. Yeah. So you kind of got to balance things. Um, you've got to worry about how you score. Cause the cats will score really fast. They hit in chunks uh, about turn three or four. They usually start chunking points. So you've got to set up and kind of be aggressive on your point getting it's a, it's different strategy because as we've played root, we know, what tends to happen is a lot of like tear down. As soon as someone gets a lead, it's like we can't let that person get everyone oh, yeah. focuses right? on yeah. so, the person. Oh, yeah. Um, with with, with solo, the mechanical, you don't have to worry about that. So, like with, with the lizard colt, you can get a bunch of gardens out and not have to worry about everyone coming and taking your gardens right mm-hmm. away. You set them up where you can set them up and then you churn points. Uh, birds is kind of the same way. You got to play aggressive and yeah, it's almost like a countdown timer, right? When you're playing yeah. on a solo. Yeah. Cause they, I mean, they will start to, if you don't keep them under control, like you'll just look at the score. You'll be like, I'm dead. Yep. <laughs> so. Yep. so Jared, we, we always like to kind of get a, your overall view of the rule book. How do you feel about this one? You know, I didn't feel that great about it at first. 
and mostly because there's like three different kind of rule books that come with it. There's a how to play for the for the regular game, and then there's the law of root, which is really like the in-depth rules, and then there's a how to play or like a learn to play for the expansion races. And so everything kind of felt like it was bouncing around, but actually looking at the rule book a little bit more today before doing our how to play video, I actually realized that there was a lot in there that I hadn't noticed before. And a big part of that is because when we learned the game, when I learned the game, you guys taught me the game and I didn't have to sit there and read oh, the rule book. So it's our fault. It's absolutely oh, sure, all sure, your fault. Great. Yeah. Thanks. It's completely your guys' yeah, fault. Whatever. Uh, but it's actually really good. I wish it had an index. Like every rule book needs an index uh-huh. if it's more than six or seven pages yeah. long. It this seems one doesn't like there have was it. a lot where there was a lot of interactions that we were looking for and they were harder to find. It's like, yeah. well, when this one, you know, ha- we have a question where this one meets with this one, you know, what, 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 what yeah, happens? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Cause, where cause do the, we even look? Yeah, because the way, the way the like rule book that. is laid out is it, it goes with the general rules, kind of like how we did our video, but then it goes into specific races for yeah. that. By I the way, might, interactions I, might I add the v- Vagabond one is the longest out of everyone? <laughs> yeah. like, everybody gets like two columns and the Vagabond gets like two pages. I feel pages. like the game, once you get it, isn't as complicated with a lot of those interactions, but man, it takes it tight takes time getting there and i will also say one point for me for the rule book i love the the back it tells you based on players what are optimal characters to play yeah so whether you're playing solo it tells you you know what are good matches so because it's so asymmetrical they've taken the time to to balance out hey if you're yeah. playing with five players these are the best characters one of the ever. one of the things that the rule book does that i like and also has its own issues is whenever it explains a rule if there's an exception to the rule it will put a little picture of like a cat next to it or a little lizard next to it so that you know there's an exception to that rule that deals with that that faction i wish it had like a page reference there's like if you the, the lizard folk don't do this go find it here yeah but how i mean i just think of how daunting it would be to develop this game or write a rule book no this would be feat. one of those rule books that i kind of would i and i don't know because i haven't looked is if they have a digital version of it where you can click links on it where See, it'll take you to different sections that would, like, that would like, actually be really good like a really good thing to do um Aside from all that, the rule book is really probably like the law of root rule book is probably like an eight out of 10 for me. The learn to play guide is, I don't like. Is that the one this where one it where gives it, you is, specific is it the kind of tells you, steps? You do this, yeah. then you do this, yeah. then so you do this. I you do yeah. didn't it's like that. We tried to play way. that yeah. our first yeah. game, and that might have added some of our it, confusion. It was super confusing. Yeah. Because the way we learn, at least myself and i think zach is into this boat when we were that night is i want to know why i'm doing something and when it just yeah. tells me exactly what move to do i'm there's no thought behind it yeah yeah, yeah. So like, I, just I remember doing emotions. that and i'm like and i still do don't it. know how to play yeah. which i should warn you guys because i don't think they're as clear about it as in that how to play is that they have scripted every single move down to your dice rolls where it when it says roll your dice don't roll your yeah. dice. Actually, just keep reading on, and it will tell you which faces to yeah. turn your dice to. Um, and yeah. once I realized that, that portion of the, the how to play actually made a little bit more sense yeah. to me because I'm like, oh, they, they're forcing us to do these so they can actually show us those without us, you know, 
Yeah, I get it. I just don't learn that way, and so I think I think you could if there was a deeper explanation about what was going on and why you were doing things. But if you're just like, okay, play this card and then move the birds from here to there, why? Why did I do that? You know, you need a little bit more explanation. You know, because you placed the card on the move thing, you would then move from here to there for this reason. Yeah. So oddly enough, the thing that helped me understand this game, like really get me where i i love it is the theme and thinking about all the different factions doing what they're supposed to do as opposed to thinking of it as like a game if that makes sense so one of the things that i really like about this game is it it comes across as an uber cutesy little game (laughs) and there's some dark undertones in the whole game like it's this isn't a bunch of like little woodland creatures who are pecking at each other and you know trying to you know like squirrels chittering at each other they're like killing each other and it really hit home when i'm like the otters are war profiteers (laughs) (laughs) they are just there to make money from the prolonged conflict like they are totally retheme this with like mafia yeah you can absolutely retheme this with a very serious bloody dark like there is a vagabond that can just go into a section and pretty much drop an atomic bomb and kill everybody in yeah, that section. The, the and you can't a, even go down the Vagabond's there. an instigator. Like, he'll pit people <laughs> against each other for his own benefit. And it comes across in the gameplay. I, I don't think we've really played where someone wasn't even a little bit salty. Yeah, this is the funny, <laughs> this, this is the funny thing. We Like, as you guys can tell, we love this game. But, but we even, like that. We like when it brings about it, out emotion. Like, come on. Like, I, even I talking love about this it. game, but I have never... <laughs> <laughs> Me and Russ have never hated each other more than when we have played this game. And not just like the one time that happened. Yeah. It's like two or three times in a row we like get very hot headed. Yeah. The I, this is the, the problem. The score it's, track it's, no, that's, that's the problem. The score track is the problem. You see what's coming. So much stress in this game because of how you score. The, <laughs> the lizard folk. The Russ way doesn't I play the lizard, fo- lizard folk right. I'm convinced he doesn't play them right. <laughs> we can figure that out. It doesn't. It I doesn't mean, matter if you're so, 28. If anyone is over 20, they have the chance to win. Yeah. So yeah. But and you see, have to. So here's you, the it thing, makes you though: out. is if if you score a little bit at a time, then you kind of miss your chance. At least the way I like to play the lizard folk, there's going to be somewhere in the first and it. This game really is weird because it doesn't seem like there's a ton of turns when you really break it down. Yeah. It's like somewhere in there, turn three or four, you're going to have a chance to like blindside everybody for Mm -hmm. 10 to 12 points. Yep. (laughs) But if you do that, you're done. The last points you get are going to, you have to scrape to get. So everyone's after you. Every this target has just been drawn. Played with Russ that he's played the lizard folk. He'll be like, "Okay, I'm gonna put these cards down." He reveals like four cards, and he goes up twelve or thirteen points, and it's just like, like that's what triggers me every yeah. time. I'm just like, "What? What? How do we even stop that from happening?" And you just lose your mind, and then all of a sudden, you know, he's got four gardens out right. there and before it's his turn again he's got none he's got no ackle he's got no warriors left on the board so he's then it comes down to trying game. to craft a little bit here yep. there and it's really hard to score points and so last time we went in i i had a different approach i was gonna i was not gonna do that but on turn i think it was turn <laughs> two or three the problem was Old is that everybody 
So one of the players flipped over a domination card, which we haven't talked about, that can totally alter the win condition of for the game. For that player, yeah. For that player. So they flipped over a domination card. So all of a sudden, this player had massive target on his back, and there was all this space that I could put gardens, and it was like... <laughs> uh, so I had to score. Like, I had, I didn't have a choice. I went sure. to get... Sure. Well, here's the he, thing, though. He but what jumped I knew, up like 10 or 12, and it was the saltiest game we've ever played. But because I did that, you guys couldn't worry about my gardens because that player had their domination card. So I was, I knew I was safe. And it this just, game is all oh, about timing because if you can time that right where huge. someone's doing something, you sneak through, get all your points at the right time. Like ideally, you get those big swing 10, 12 points at the very end yeah. to win it. That's how I won with the... Woodland Alliance, you're getting all these little points you think you're behind, and then boom. You snowball. You can Man, snowball. And that's where yeah. the salt comes, but that's yeah, kind of matches hard. the theme of the game, right? Because you don't see it coming. One of the factions will get just, like when you won with the River Folk, you just traded like, oh, that made me so <laughs> sad. Yeah. I was like, what is going on? We kind of had an idea because they had a they had a good synergy going. But but see, I play, Jared laughs, cause, but I play where I'm just, I, I give the, the River Folk he does. He's got because like the I lizards use... have more meeples than anyone else, and that's because they're supposed to go out on the board, but... and then supposed to go on your acolytes. He's got like two acolytes the whole game, and he's giving me <laughs> gobs and gobs but of them. When and I I'm put like... my guys out, nobody attacks them. I can't get acolytes unless I use you. So I end up using your guys as guys to kill know, others and so, take so over what, property. So what, it was so working. Rest, you were doing so well. What the li- how the lizard folk are supposed to be played is you put you down, you, that, put down you put down a garden and then you put a bunch of guys to defend it. Then you go and you build another garden. You put a bunch of guys down to defend it. You start getting some small points and then they have to come in and kill your guys in order to get to your gardens. That's how you're supposed to play. But instead what Russ does is he just buys victory points by handing me gobs of maples. Doesn't bother putting them on the board. Doesn't bother spending them as acolytes. And then he's just like, oh, yeah, I'll just slap these cards down. <laughs> win the game. Even when you and said, because, I will not give you any more the next turn you gave him. <laughs> and, like it's, three or four. and it's because the lizard folk, like, if they have a, a hand of the same card, yeah. they have a potential to score a ton of points. So he had like five foxes or something because he bought a bunch off of me. And I had all these meeples, and I'm like, it, it doesn't matter. I I max out how much See, I charge him for. Actually, I'm these two factions, I think these two factions end up causing the salt more than because what happens is that costs like, more I than give anything. you the characters so I buy your uh mercenaries. Yeah. Your mercenaries allow me to put a garden down. Yep. And then I you know can go that way. So it's like you can't stop it but it's giving me the win but it's helping you. It's just yeah. it's so yeah. no, fun so, that so way. And that's those, kinda, and those are the two expansion races and that's why I said it's so important that you play with experienced players when you play with the expansion races because the river folk get creamed if the other players don't know how to buy from them and don't know when to buy from them. It's the same with the vagabond. Yeah. If no one's crafting, the vagabond yeah, just, is you get because they have to three actions tops. But you've got to yeah. be able to use yeah. the vagabond for your favorite. Like you can use. You've got to get the vagabond involved. I just want I just yeah. want to be everybody's friends, like Jared and I. We were talking. <laughs> they, they, the vagabonds are the YouTubers of, of the of root. You know, we we just want to be famous. And yeah, you know? that's all. That's all the vagabonds yeah. have to do is be famous. <laughs> and like the first time I played, and you were playing as the vagabond, you're like, okay, I'm gonna go in here into the woods, and I was like, what? <laughs> 
You, you did what? You could do that? I just what ignored. What does that even mean? I just ignored half the players when I first started this game. And then like, he's like, and he's like handing doing. people cards. And I'm like, well, you just give people cards? And that's that's the that half that sentence is said more than any other sentence in this game. If you don't understand the other faction, he's like, well, you just get to do X. You just get to do that. When players yeah. first, when the first times we played, I can't count how many times we would someone would get scored but how did you score wait what yeah. what did you do the first was time like, we was that right us, i was like, like i was like that? how do you get points he's like my gardens i was like no how do you get points and he's like well i do this i was like no how do you get points and then finally he broke down he told me how i got points i was like oh so to stop you i have to do this and he's like yes <laughs> didn't yeah. want to tell me and See, that's another huge thing about the game is you need to know how to stop the other players from scoring points the lizard folk, you kill their gardens. The river folk come and you have to destroy their trade posts. You have to destroy the bases of the Woodland Alliance and the roosts on these guys. But if you don't even know how your own faction works or you're still learning, like you're not going to know that. Yeah. yeah. So this is a kind of game that I think really will you as a player decide if you are more interested in mastering games or discovering games. Yeah. This game is a ton of discovery four, five, six plays into it, much more mastery post that. You're not going to have, you know, games will be, be very interesting based on what factions you are and how people play the factions. Because the way I play factions, I think, is different than other people's play factions. When I see someone play the birds, I'm always like, that's not how to do it. We've got the <laughs> We've got the river folks. The river folks and the birds should be broken and no one... And no, you're absolutely right, too, because depending on what factions are in play completely changes how you would play your faction. If we ever played with the lizard folk, but these guys weren't in the game and we had like two vagabonds, like your whole strategy of buying cards off the lizard folk would be shot completely. And so it's not just a matter of like learning your faction and mastering your faction, but it's mastering a faction with the variability in the game constantly. And so you're absolutely right. It's if you like games that take a while to master, this is that kind of game. I I, I also think for the lasting effect for this game, for replayability, it depends on who you're playing with as well. You have to be able to play with people that are okay with conflict, that are okay with personal interactions, because this isn't a Euro game where you're doing your own thing and you, you know, it's a you, Euro game. There's little wooden pieces. That's true, <laughs> but they're not cubes. So, <laughs> but they're meeples. So you you can do your own thing, but you have to rely on interactions to win, and you have to have some conflict. You know, there's going to be some battle. There's going to be some sort of, you know, yeah, unless, wrench thrown into uh, unless your. Unless you're the vagabond, right? and none of your yeah. cohorts have crafted so, any so swords. So you have to be okay with that. And you, if you're playing with people who love those types of things, like you guys do, me not so much. But it's such a an experience, and every time you play it, it's so different because people are just trying to. It's like I don't care about winning now. I'm now I'm just disrupting this stuff, and 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 it just makes it more interesting for everyone else. So if if you're a bunch of Euro players, you know that just want to do your own thing, I could see you getting bored with this. Because I don't know if I see you getting bored with it, but because you're trying instantly, to do your own instantly thing, disliking and it and being like, I don't like this mechanic. I won't. I'm not going to play yeah. this game anymore. If you don't like. Yeah. Can, Contention. And I'm not saying you have to get upset or angry at a game, but if you don't like that confrontation yeah. in a game of like I'm going to do this, well, you're doing a whole gonna, thing, and then yeah. someone comes in and just ruins it. 
you kind of have to be okay with that and realize, all right, now I need to go do this and change a well, strategy. Whereas and you can't be like, this is my one thing I'm going to do to win the game and then do it. Well, it's like you have to change all the time. You have to be okay with just starting over. And the scoring. And I mean, the scoring is else. you're going to score points and you are going to get torn down. Yeah. Like, well, it's going to yeah, happen. The, uh, the, so every time we've played, especially when you're playing with six people, I mean, one person will take their turn and then they'll score a bunch of points on their turn. And everyone will be like, we got to stop that guy. And by the time it gets back around to you, you might have next to no pieces on the board right. at all. And that I can happen. Only with ever the, have one. The and that's, the the otters <laughs> that's what the happens lizards. with the lizard folk. When I, when I said you, you put out a bunch of gardens, you score, those gardens are going to be gone, which means not only are they gone, you also lose cards. So anytime someone takes a garden off, you lose a card. That alters everything. Another another interesting twist on the game, too, is so like the birds with the way that their programming and everything works. If you have a, if you have a couple of savvy players, they could basically crush the birds right out of the gate, force them to go into turmoil almost every turn if they know what they're doing. Because if you sit there and you look and you're like, okay, he has to recruit in a fox clearing on his next turn, and he's got like one fox clearing, you go in and you take it, you basically force that player to go into turmoil. And so you can... But I'm not sure, and I I still want to play with them more. I've played with them a number of times, but I I haven't quite put my finger on how often you want turmoil. Well, and another interesting thing is you can do that and virtually take take the birds out of the equation... But if you do that, some other faction that the birds are meant to keep in check will just take over. And so it's a balance between I could totally wreck that player, but do I want to totally wreck that player? Because that guy, I mean, the birds and the cats keep each other in check like the whole game. And so if you knock one of them out, the other one can just steamroll everyone else. But see, the birds, I want to play the birds with the river folk. Oddly enough, I haven't played both of those in the same game because you have the mercenaries, the birds could just put nests everywhere. Like, okay, I've got, because the more spread art that you are as a river folk, the more I am as a bird. See, and what's interesting is the birds with the river folk and the cats is a completely different game from the birds with the woodland Alliance and two vagabonds. Like, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Your strategy is completely different every game. And also let's not forget the backside of the board is winter and has variable what forest is where. The, yeah, the yeah. clearings are all, all random. Yeah, on the they, they change. The river is game, different yeah. too. So. Yeah. so, so obviously, you know, you guys can tell that we like this game. I wanted to ask you: Is there anything that you guys dislike? And there's there's one thing that I know I I'm not a big fan of. It's not that big of a deal either. So it's almost nitpicky. But I am actually not a fan of the clearing colors. They all have their little symbols too. But if you're not careful and paying attention to what you're doing, you could easily mistake, a, like, especially the two oranges. Orange and red are they very are similar. Very See, but close I don't, to each other. I, I played I the game twice the, before I realized that the colors of the trees corresponded to the, the colors. See, and I don't, <laughs> I don't look at the colors still. I like looking at the emblems, but I think... It would help just, if you remembered that, why. though. Yeah, and th- I mean, that that's honest, and it's a minor gripe, you know? You, you get over sure. it, but I've, I think there's been a couple times where I'm like, oh, I'm in the right clearing, and I look again, I'm like, crap, this is not the right one. I need to be in, like, the mouse one instead of the fox. Yeah, yeah, I um, could see that. On that, But is there anything, like, along those lines, other than you guys getting incredibly salty 
<laughs> I mean, so I'm curious to see what happened in all the testing because early uh, early product has the scoring track at 40. So I've always kind of been curious what, what, what shifted, shifted through yeah. play testing to move it to 30. I like 30. I think it might, is the sweet spot. I'm just curious what I'm wondering, kind I, of went I'm, I'm there. I'm thinking it might be a time thing. Game. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, with the six-player game, that's, what is it, two, three hours? It's a couple know, hours. But it's, it's so weird, I though, because it's long, but it seems like, like with, it didn't with feel experienced like a long game. players, I don't think you would have three-hour games. Two hours, maybe, but not three hours. But, but so yeah. little turns. It could have been like, balanced. It's really too. weird. Yeah, like it, You'll it be is, a long time into the like game, and it's like, oh, this is my third or turn. seven turns a piece. And it doesn't feel like it because, you know, there's so much going on, and the board is changing constantly. But it's really only like six. And you've got to remember that, right? Piece. With these slow, some of them that are, are spreading, you've got to really kind of know how that goes. And some of them are slow burn. And, and that that's yeah. actually one of the things that I... I don't know if I disliked it, but it was kind of hard where some of them are kind of slow. So I feel like other people are doing all of these things, and I'm like, and I put this out. That's my turn. You know, sometimes <laughs> it's just like a little too slow. And I'm like, I wish I could do more on my turn. And then especially in the six-player games, like, all right, you know, I'll hop on my phone now for yeah, Zach, 10 minutes until don't, it comes Don't play the Vagabond. Again. Don't play the Vagabond. Downtime, downtime. <laughs> but it depends because you play something else, and you are one of those doing a lot of things. And maybe they do less on some other turns that you don't realize, and and you gear up for those you know big turns later on, and it kind of evens out. But sometimes it does feel like you have short, small turns that feel not super fun. That's why I love playing as the River Folk because I never feel like You're I have always short turns involved. because I'm always like, yeah, on every person's turn, I'm like, before you do anything, if you want to buy anything, you have to do it now. So you always remind people, and everybody's yeah. turn kind of feels like it's. But part you of have your to turn. pay attention as well because I mean. If you just hop on your phone and you don't pay attention, you like look at the board. You're like, oh, oh what happened? You know, you'll be like, let me notice my turn again. You look back and you're like, you took hey, out everything all my guys. changed colors. All the cats turned into birds. And, and and if there's conflict and there's you know battles and things like that, you you will be more engaged. But you know, some of them battle more than others. It seems like, yeah. Yeah, so how do you how do you actually feel about this battle system where you're just rolling to? I actually kind of like it. I it's like really it. simple. Yeah, it feels like it's not the it main part of the game. Which it could I like. have been more complicated in a game that already feels complicated enough, and mm-hmm. this to me feels like the simplest thing about the game, and I really like that. Which is which is really weird because it it feels like a battle game, feels like territory control. But it totally it's really not, some and factions. some factions are not. Like this game, yeah. you ha- if you have someone that likes mechs and minions, right? All right, you're going to be the bird dynasty. It's basically <laughs> playing the same thing, right? You're programming. Oh, you like uh, like building civilization, territory control. You're good for the cats. So you have like this, you like playing Cthulhu Wars. Oh, great. The lizard cult's going to be perfect for you. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of weird that way and it's like the vagabond it, you can't call it a territory control game because if you're the vagabond you're not even you got you one care yeah. less about who yeah. owns what territory <laughs> I really like, right? i don't i think i've battled like 
once, maybe you don't twice do it in all right, our playthroughs. See, and this is the thing. Like, we've played but so many times. Six, he, like, Kevin six has played Vagabonds. The, Kevin has played the Vagabonds so many times, and every time I'm like, he's not playing it right. You're not playing the lizards right. But You're not so, playing the mice right. Nobody's yeah, playing any of their things right. different Vagabonds. <laughs> I yeah. know. So you could be a scoundrel. You could be the tinker. You could be a thief. You could be... It's just... It, yeah, some of them are more combat heavy. Some of them aren't. And that's where I said... If you were into Discovery, you're going to get, you know, five, six good plays out of this where you're just, whoa, this is really cool. But I think it's a long-term mastery game where there's a lot of strategy, right? If The more that you and I play the same factions, it's altered every game. Yeah, it's it's, kind of like the game of Go where it's fairly easy to learn, but to master it, could take years well a lot of this is you have to know how to do it socially like if you're the river folk you need to be able to market yourself and be like come buy these things it's totally like yeah you have to be good at like there's a lot of diplomacy too oh the lawyer really good at trying to persuade people (laughs) i I cannot stand table talk in games like risk or whatever and so i kind of struggle with it a little bit but you know it's kind of like look man i got some good stuff here do you want them or do you not you know and if not, then that guy's going to buy. Like, you have to pit people against but, each but other. But at the same time, if you don't buy, you don't it, he will anyway. Get a lot you'll of, get wiped uh, out, so fine. But see, that fits a niche for some players. It does. So it does. It's I really feel like interesting. a game like Root gives you all of that together, which can feel like a, a jumbled mess if you try to explain it. But once it plays and people figure it out, it's just awesome. If something feels outbalanced in your game, like if a faction feels outbalanced, the reality of it is, I don't think it's the game, it's the play, and it's how everybody lets somebody. And players might not want to hear that, but the very first time we yeah. played, I played this game was with Russ's nephew, and I was like, the cats <laughs> are broke. They are so broken. I was so salty about how they worked. And then, you know, later played with the lizard folk. I'm like, they are so broken, so broken. And everyone, kind of, I think you kind of go through that every time when you start seeing the different strengths of the yeah, family. Have, you guys, seen, have on, you guys seen any win? Like, no one's really been dominant. Yeah, it's never We've been like a runaway win. All of them. No, I, I will say this based on just, I think, when the game is simple, I think it's a lot easier early plays to win with the cats and the birds. For lower but once player people count. Fig- once people figure out the more complex factions, I think it's harder to win with the easy factions. I think, yeah, I think it kind of depends. Like, the birds to me don't even seem like an easy faction at all. The, the, the thought, you're not of, pro- pro- you're like thought not, of programming, yeah, programming, like, programming is not that, your that, forte that at all. That makes me so like, anxious. I'm like, I, I, I don't want to be forced to do stuff. I want to do whatever I want. It's hard programming, like, because you have to be able to do stuff or you go in turmoil. Yeah. yeah. And the different and people games that I've, I've seen played, I've seen the lizard too. folk win, the river folk, the cats, and the mice have all won set. Like, no one faction has won more than one game. Sounds like Vagabond's the only one that hasn't won. Yeah, actually. that's because the Vagabond's just a bad faction. Oh, just... <laughs> oh. Just you watch. Just you just need to show us how You were close, then, though. Right? Yeah, I was close. I was yeah. like oh, no, 28... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, for sure. all right. So, for while we wrap up, because as you guys can see, we we like this game, but I don't want this to be a two-hour episode. Um, over your overall final thoughts and impressions of, of Root, I think it appeals to a very particular audience. 
I think like we've already said, you need to be comfortable with conflict um, and you need to be prepared to learn a lot. You have to learn all the nuances of the game before you really start to enjoy the game, I think. Um, not that, I mean, enjoy it at larger player counts. You can play with the birds and the cats, a two-player game, and really enjoy the game, I think, on your first play. But you need to play it a lot to really enjoy the different factions and the different nuances between them. But I love it. I mean, it's my kind of game. It's got conflict. It's got huge variability, huge replayability, and... Aside from how salty it makes me, I like everything. If else. only if it was in space, right? Yeah, I know, right? We <laughs> that would be, be awesome. In space, these can be planets instead of root in space. Clearings. Yeah, I, I think it's really awesome, just art wise too. I mean, you've got it's it's just the 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 lettering, the little animals, the art of it is just really fun and exciting. And I mean, for replayability, I've played only two of the factions, and you know, so I have at least all the others to try and learn how to do. And, and then you just go back and play the other one. So I think it's really fun to not only learn them because now, now that I kind of know some of them, it's like, Oh, I want to try that one. Now I want to try that one. So it's very intriguing. So once you play it, it kind of gets a little addicting and uh, I don't know, it might, it might go on for a long time, but I've really enjoyed it so far. Zach's going to be one more hit, one more hit. Come on, just one more character. Come on, come on, come on. Uh, I love the game. There are times that I've wanted to get it to the table on our game nights, but haven't based on mood around the table. <laughs> now, now that's not to say everyone was in a bad mood, but if you're on edge, like you don't want to go from if you're having chaos a bad day, the you old don't world to... to root to bloodborne, right? Because that's just going <laughs> to yeah. set everything Your brain off. to be fried. Um, but I will say this is the first game I decided to try to get a solo play in which has led to more solo plays, which has led to me trying some other games solo. So I actually love this game. I think it's a, a great solo game, pretty quick setup, set, sweet play. And then just the, I, I love Cthulhu stuff. So actually having the lizard cult in here probably added some to it. Cause it feels like Lovecraftian to me almost with the whole cultists and the take possession. And so adding that to this, I don't know how much I would love it without the expansion. I would still like it, but these the river folk and the lizard cult take it to a new level for me. Yeah. I feel like Russ is secretly telling us that he's going to stop being friends with us with solo play and join a cult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just, he's going to drink the Kool-Aid. <laughs> drink the Kool-Aid. All right, guys. Thank you so much for talking about Root. Um, we want to hear from you guys. What do you guys think about Root? Or if you have any questions, like I said, this is a very complicated game so it's probably not the best introduction to a new well and the the how to play was actually there are much deeper nuances with each of the factions that we didn't go over in every single that we didn't go over in super detail so i mean may if but it should give you enough to know whether or not you'll like the game yeah so we want to hear from you guys so leave a comment below if you guys are on youtube or shoot us an email um, the playthrough at ktdata.net or on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the playthrough. Guys, thank you so much, and we hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the playthrough. We'll see you all next time.